Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. So we are studying 1 John. Tim kicked us off last week and uh, we are delving into this incredible letter. So if you've got your Bibles with you today, I would just go over to the back of your Bible and you will find the letter of 1 John. Okay? Not the Gospel of John, the letter of 1 John. Okay? And we're going to be looking today at 1 John chapter 2. You don't have to put it up there yet because we, I'm going to tell you a story first. So, um, chapter 1 John, chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Okay. Now, let me tell you a story. Uh, this is a great story that Tim, Tim Keller talks about and uh, I've altered it slightly to fit my purposes, but it's a good story. So, there's a lady who owns an old ring and she liked it very, very much, but never wore it. She brought it out now and then to show her friends as they came over. And one day her friends asked, what are you going to do with that old ring? And she said, oh, that old ring, maybe I'll get it valued one day. And after some time, there was no rush, she took it for a valuation. And the jeweller looked at it in his shop and then he put... Uh, I think I've got the Yes, thank you, Tim. Then he put a loop. It's called a loop, did you know? He put a loop in his eye to be able to have a good, close look at that ring. And he continued to look closely at that ring. And then he, she noticed that his breathing started to, to increase and change. He checked the quality of the diamonds. He checked the craftsmanship of the ring and the quality of the gold. Even though I don't think that one is gold. But there you go. After much investigation, he had a a shocked look on his face. He explained that this ring was the finest piece he had ever seen. Greater than anything in his entire shop or anything he had ever sold. The craftsmanship was the finest. The quality of the diamonds was greater than anything he had ever seen. This workmanship was a lost art. It was highly sought after, incredibly expensive, and yet the lady didn't realise the worth of what she owned. She didn't understand its value. She'd just been bringing it out now and then to show her friends. She didn't actually particularly like it that much. She certainly didn't wear it. It took someone to explain what she possessed. The lady was not living in accordance with the value of that ring, was she? Her life was now changed as she understood its worth. And we're going to come back to this story. So remember that story, okay? And we're going to come back to it. Now let's read together 1 John chapter 2 verses 15 to 17. Let's put that up. I'll read it to you from an angle. Do not love the world or anything in the world. Listen to these words. You may know them very well, but these are incredible words. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. 
for em- everything in the world, the lust of the eyes, sorry, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Amazing words. Have you ever let those words rest on your heart? Have you ever studied those words? Because those words are short, direct statements with incredible power. They should shock you. On hearing these words, I remember when the first, one of the first times I heard them, I was like, what? What? Is that real? Are we to- supposed to take that really seriously? How? How is this possible? What is John warning us of here? So we look at these verses, and I want to break them down into three points this morning. I want to break them down into number one. The seriousness of the command that John is bringing. Okay? The seriousness of the command, of what he is telling us on on those verses, the seriousness of what he is telling us to do. Then, number two, our weakness in keeping, the ability to keep the commands that John is asking us to keep. And lastly, the answer to keeping the commands that John is speaking of. So firstly... Let's delve in. The seriousness of the command. I hardly need to explain. When you read those words, you see that they are very serious. So what is John saying here by the world? That's the, that's the word, isn't it? The world. What does he mean, the world? You mean all the beautiful trees and everything? Well, obviously not. So we need to look at the Greek word for world, okay? And it's the word cosmos, with a K, not a C. So it's the, way, the word that we get our word, cosmology, and uh, cosmos from, with a C. But in Greek it's a K, and it has three meanings. The first is the universe, obviously. So the stars, the sun, planets. The second is the home of man, so where man lives. The place that God has placed him, his home, the entire earth. The world. But lastly, the last definition of the word cosmos is the system of man's home. So the things that that man has put together to live in this world apart from God. And this happened at the fall in the Garden of Eden. Man chose a way against God, apart from God. And this is what John is talking about. He's focusing on this last meaning of cosmos. John is warning warning us not to love the system that man has made in rebellion against God. A system apart from God, a system against God, and a system opposite to God. So what does this system look like? What, What am I talking about here? What is John talking about? So... Again, these things are obvious, aren't they, for us? As we look around, I've been watching the news over the weekend, as I always do. There's some serious things going on in the world. And also, I just thought I'd bring you two or three examples, which are very, very obvious of how the system is in this world, how it's not the way that God meant it to be. So we see the situations where countries, including ours, we're one of the chief protagonists in this, 
others go into another country and take that country as their own. It's really called greed. And then we look at our banking system over the history of ups and downs. And then in 2008, um, banking systems that uh, set out to lend money to people who really can't repay on a grand scale. And it causes huge disasters financially, doesn't it? This isn't never how God intended it to be. It's a system set up by man for the benefit of certain men, isn't it? And when I say men, I mean men and women. Uh, so we see adverts, don't we, that um, on, on, on the television and on billboards that push forward girls with wafer-thin bodies that pressure young girls to conform to that look. Very, very serious. And yet there's so much more, isn't there, visible all around us as we walk through cities, uh, as we drive. We see the power of sex, power and money all around us. It's a system, John is saying, and John is warning us to be aware of this and to steer well clear of it. Now that's very, very powerful. Because the problem is, isn't it, as, as you've noticed, you, you and I were born into this system. I, I would recommend you watch the, the 1990s film, The Matrix. <laughs> it speaks of it quite clearly on there. It's a good film. So, we're going to move on to number two. What are we going to do with a mess around us? How, how are we going to be obedient to this command? Because we are weak. So number one is the seriousness of the command. What about our weakness to keep the command? So we see, as I say, the mess around us. We see the terrible effects of greed, oppression and pride. And yet, this is where we start to get the rubber to hit the road. Because, and this is a great thing, and I noticed Tim did it last week, it's so good for us elders to expose our weaknesses before an entire congregation. It's good for you, and your ears prick up, but it's terrible for us, isn't it, Tim? Um, Because it shows that we are so weak as men. But as I run my business, example number one, are you listening? As I run my business unto the Lord, as honestly as I can, and it goes through, and I've told you this before, it goes through, obviously, it goes through ups, and I love the ups, and it goes through downs, and I hate the downs. I find within me a love growing for money, okay? I find within me a love growing for success in my business. As my business thrives, I think, you know, I did this. I started this business. And look at it now. Look what I've achieved. And I see, as I walk around my unit, I see the stock in the, in the, in the shelves. And I think, I'm doing okay here, you know. And it just tweaks slightly over to being something where it's about me and it's about what I've achieved and it starts to get the seeds of what I see in the world around me it's just a little part but it grows very quickly if it's left in the right soil it's it's called uh, lust, pride and greed another example as you know, probably, I love to run. I love to, to, to well, I've always loved to run since I was young. Uh, and as I've become fitter again, even as an, as an old boy like I am, I find within me 
Right? So it's good to run, yeah? It's good to run. It's good to have a business. It's good to make money. But as I run, I find within me something rising up where I think, I want to win. I'm 52, actually, 52 in about three weeks, but I'm 52. This body's not what it is, what it, what it was. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking on 14 stone, I once was 9, and I still want to win. What's going on? There's something within me where I want glory, okay? Even at my age, I want to be, I know, I know, I'm not going to beat the teenagers, I'm not going to beat the 20-somethings, so I set my bar a little lower to being the fastest 50-year-old in the country. (laughs) I mean, come on, what's going on within me? This is what we're talking about, seeds, and you're laughing, it is funny, it's balmy. But there is seeds within me where we want to glorify ourselves. We're in a system where this comes really naturally. I I hope you're going to be honest with yourselves and start to discover the things in you also that you find about this system which you were born into. So I find within me a love for good things, but I make them ultimate things if I'm not careful. Okay? It's the same. Money can be used really good and well. It's great to provide for your family, but suddenly you get behind it and start to make it an ultimate thing. And we see it, don't we, right round the world. Running is good, but I want to get more from it than it can ever provide. We cannot point to others, can we? And all the issues around us without so many fingers pointing back to us. At least three, I think. Yeah? It's, it's not about the others doing their stuff. It comes back to us. And, and this is what Jesus always said. He always pointed back to others and said... It's, it was, I mean, John did it, didn't he? He pointed to the other disciple. Oh, sorry, Peter did it about John. And, and Jesus pointed to him and said, Don't worry about him. Your relationship with me. Let's do business together. So let's be honest today. Idols can really hide. And I've been... It's so tough, isn't it, Tim? When we produce a word, because really it hits us hard. We're producing it. And we cannot say we've got any of this kind of pinned down. None of us have, do we? And yet the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And we really, in the week as we prepare our preach come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we need to get our lives right with him. So what things within you today, if you were honest with me today and we had a heart to heart, what things within you maybe are good things but have risen up to be ultimate things? And you may be saying, well I don't, I think I'm doing great. I want you to look a little bit deeper. It could be status. It could be power. It could be your children or lack of children. It could be your job. It could be your career. You want to get to the top. Why do you want to get to the top of your career? Doing well in your career is a great thing, but why would you want to get to the top? What is it that you're pursuing? Your appearance is huge, isn't it, in these days? But it all illustrates how broken we all are. And when we start to recognise this, this is where we're able to begin, and I say the word begin, to find the answer. Okay? 
So we're going to look at number three, which is the answer. This is good news, okay? Thankfully, it's been not so good news up to now, but number three is good news. The answer to the command that John is bringing us, okay? The answer to the command of love not the world, nor the things of this world. If you do, the love of the Father is not in you. Okay, so what is the answer to this command? So up to now, I hope we recognise that our hearts need an object to focus on. It doesn't matter what that object is. We all, every single one of us in here, it doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are, we need an object to focus on. Why do we need an object to focus on? Because we were created to focus on one object. And I hate to use the word object, but the Lord himself created us to be focused on from us, the created. So we were created to focus on only God. But due to the fact that we went against God, away from God, we now focus on other things. Romans 1 speaks about this clearly. We focus on stuff of the world. This is why addiction of all sorts of all sorts of ways of, addi- of being addicted to is so common in the world because we need to focus on something if we don't focus on God. So we exchange the love of sex, the love of money, and the love of power. So what can be done? What is the answer to this terrible problem that we are in as a human race? And it's not to try to love our things less. Hear me on that, because I have done that many, many times. As a young Christian, I knew some of the things I was loving were not right, so I attempted to cut them off, and I failed. I failed time and time again. In fact, they came back with a vengeance. So it's not to get rid of those things, not to try to get rid of them. We have to have an object to focus on that is greater than the other objects. Can you hear me? We have to have another object that is greater that will displace the other objects. So it's to find or to discover someone or something greater in value than all the rest. So how? How How do we do that? Let's go back to the story that I gave you in the beginning as we come to a close. The lady in our story possessed that ring, didn't she? Now she is us in this scenario. She possessed a beautiful ring, but she didn't realise the ring's worth. She took it out every now and again to show her friends. (laughs) This can be our Christianity very much, can't it? Sometimes we're so busy in this world doing our stuff and maybe we don't include God in it and we see God as maybe just a Sunday God or a a home group God and we bring God out on certain evenings or in the afternoon at certain times but he's not not available for, for all of our life. And this is a lady in the story possessing something of infinite value but not understanding how how important, how of worth it was. Is that you today? And I, we, we, we all can say yes to that, can't we? We can all say that this is us. Of course it is. It's me. The desire for money is never ending, you know? I've seen some 
pretty wealthy people in my time and yet it's never enough because there's always someone wealthier who you're trying to chase the power, the desire for greed and the the desire for power know no end yet in God we can find total rest how, why? because it was him we were created for in the beginning isn't that amazing? I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious if you read the Bible, but actually, it's incredible. He created us in the beginning to find our full belonging in Him. So now we can come back to Him and find full satisfaction in His presence. That's stunning. We can find our full joy in His presence. So what, who do we need to be like in that story that I told you at the beginning? So not the woman, because many times that's what we're like, but what I would love us to be, and for me too, is to be the jeweller. Okay? We put on the eyeglass and we look closely at the story of Jesus and the cross and we focus that glass, we look at him, we admire him, and when we do, what happens? What happens when we do that is everything else starts to fade. You might have already known this taking place. When you put something as number one, okay, the rest of the other things, as you find that number one to be so precious, everything else will gradually go a far second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Everything else will look shabby compared to the king of kings. And it's as we behave as the jeweller did, he took his time. Do you remember me telling you? He took his time, he focused in his eyeglass. He could barely believe what he was looking at because it was so stunning. The worth of what he had was so great that he just couldn't stop looking at it. I bet in his heart he was thinking, how can I have this as my own? And this is what we have in this room today. If you belong to Christ today... You have that ring of great worth. The treasure that Jesus talks about in the field. That the person bought the entire field to get that treasure. I hope you realise this today. This is incredible, isn't it? And this can break all other loves. Yeah? It can put my running in the correct position it should be. It can put my business in the correct position it should be. That my business is my business, it provides for my needs and I get some enjoyment out of it. But hey, Jesus is my number one. Success will never satisfy. God never satisfies. Dana, would you mind coming forward? So who are we today? Who are you today? Can we just can we just maybe close our eyes? I think we can do that and COVID, can't we? We can close our eyes. <laughs> I want to ask you a few questions just as Dana's getting ready. Who are you today? What are your loves loves today? I gave you a list before, it could be your family, it could be your children, it could be... Have a think, you know, I, I don't know for you, but you know. And the Holy Spirit knows. Maybe he will drop some things into your heart right now. Maybe it's your status. I know it for, it for myself. Maybe you have never enjoyed that ring. I want you to 
in your own time to delve into the Gospels. I want you to read about Jesus. I want you to talk about Jesus. I want you to start listening about Jesus because he is that ring. He is that pearl of great price. His love will never fade. This world will fade, but the love of the Father will never fade. Father God, we want to thank you for this time. I pray that you would permeate every heart in this room, that you would cause us to do what the moon does to the sun, which is to reflect its glory. We want to reflect your glory in our daily life, not just on a Sunday, Lord. It's nothing. It's just a time to be together, a great time to learn. But during the week, we want to be like the moon. We want to reflect the glory of the sun to those around us. We want to love you. Father, we give you praise for your goodness in Jesus' name. Now be with us as we worship you, Lord, and speak to us more, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.